Thank you for listening. This is Israel Rebound, a podcast joining listeners around the world to Israel, exploring the ties that bind us through culture, identity, and current events. I'm Alan Potash in California, and I'm joined with my co-host and friend, Liz Felstern in Jerusalem. Liz, how are you? Hi, Alan. Doing very well. How are you? I am good. Uh, I have to say that I follow the news, as you know, about what's going on in Israel. And last night, Saturday night, although we're recording on Sunday and we posted on Wednesday, but last night in Israel, uh, again, demonstrations against the government's policies on judicial reform uh, were at the highest levels that they've reported. So over 300,000 people from around the country are demonstrating. Uh, any chance that you uh, happen to go to one of these demonstrations? We did, yes. Um, the demonstration in Tel Aviv, as maybe people have heard, became quite heated and more um, violent, aggressive. We can talk about that in a little bit than it has been so far. We were at the demonstration in Jerusalem, which uh, maintained its much more sort of calm civil atmosphere. So that that was good for us, especially because uh, Jonathan and I brought Gila with us. So, you know, don't want to be bringing a child to anything too outrageous. So you just brought one of your three kids to the demonstration? That is correct. We just brought one of our three kids. Yeah, I mean, Nadav, I think, is a little too small and it's really past his bedtime. and. Yishai, while he's very interested in politics and what's going on in the world around him, uh, would not have enjoyed standing in one place for an hour and listening to various speeches. It would have been a little too boring, I think, for him. He needs to be doing something. And it's not a march. It's just it really is sort of standing in place and occasionally shouting. I am. So, yeah. So just one came with us. Can I ask a couple of logistics questions? Yeah. Was there a a set time and a set location for this to take place? And how did you get there? Yeah. So the set time is 8 p.m. Saturday night after Shabbat is well over outside of the president's residence here in, in Jerusalem. And it is you know, organized in advance. The There is a small police presence. There is a small, just, um, you know, a preemptive ambulance presence just in case. And I mean, as you would really have for any sort of event with a lot of people, right? Not because this one was expecting anything in particular, but when you have, you know, you're going to have a lot of people, you always have sort of some first aid on the side just in case. So, and there's um, like metal police barricades where I guess the area that um, borders the the demonstration area is. So, you know, when you're inside and when you're outside uh, and those streets are closed to traffic to allow for the demonstration, of course, we got there. We're very lucky for us. It's pretty close. So we took a public bus like halfway and then had maybe a 10 minute walk. It was really very easy to get to. So the out in front of the president's house, did the president come out and speak or was there any 
Were there any speakers or just people gathering in front of the house? Yeah, so there are speakers. The demonstration is called for 8 o'clock, and I would say at about maybe 8.20, the speakers began. Last night's speakers included um, Eliakim Rubinstein, a judge on the Supreme Court, and a, a couple of speakers that I, I didn't catch their names, but one who is a a professor of democracy someplace in Israel, one who is a social worker uh, for some organization that has to do with democratic ideals, I guess. And the last speaker that we heard was um, an ultra-Orthodox speaker, which is a little bit unusual in this case, but he spoke beautifully about how Israel is meant to be a country of all of its citizens and about how how many generations uh, fought for the ability to have a country where every Jew of every stripe could have a home and that it is all of our collective obligation and responsibility to make sure that that is the Israel that continues to exist. So I don't know who the guy was, but he spoke really very nicely. And I'm glad to know that there are, I know that there are voices like that, but it's always nice to be reminded that there are articulate voices like that in the, in the Haredi ultra-Orthodox community. What was the tenor of the audience like? Were they cheering after the speakers? Were they rowdy? Were they, you know, respectful? So I would say it's a pretty respectful, calm atmosphere. Um, what's interesting is that there are a lot of sort of subgroups, I think, people that are showing up at the demonstration to give voice to other issues and other topics that they want to put on the public agenda beyond the judicial reforms, which, you know, I think everybody has the the right and of course the, the freedoms in this country at least for now to um to make their voice heard and to share those things it does make it a little bit harder to know exactly what the protests are about you know I, i'll give you a few instances one i think more far-fetched than the other so one of the groups that has been quite visible at all of these demonstrations is a group that calls that has to do with uh, women's rights and feminist issues, which I think is legitimately connected to the issue of judicial reform, though tangential. And they protest in full costume of the handmaiden's tail look. Um, and, you know, that's a pretty strong image to have these women in the white visored bonnets and red full-length robes weaving themselves in a long line because I think they can't really see. I think they just have to hold on one <laughs> to the one in front of them and, you know, snaking their way through the crowd. So that's, you know, one example of a group that is um, using the opportunity of the, the judicial reform demonstrations to make other issues more visible. How how are they being treated at the protests, whether it's in Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, or other places? I know that I've seen images of them at all the different protests. Um, what kind of reaction are they getting? 
I did not see anybody reacting negatively or showing animosity towards anybody else's sign or t-shirt or cheers or anything of that nature. Really, again, it was quite a calm group. Um, there were all ages. There were, there are people there with babies. There are people there with toddlers. Um, the, we actually, I had taken my father-in-law's advice and I'm so glad I did. He said, bring earplugs. And I'm really glad I did because it's so loud. I think I would have been very uncomfortable without them. So I had earplugs. And then we saw a family with a little, little one. I don't know, maybe like a three-year-old in a stroller that was covering her ears. She was definitely uncomfortable. And I had brought the whole package of earplugs. I just thrown them in my purse. So I offered them a set and uh, they took them. And I looked over a few minutes later and I saw the three-year-old looked much happier. So um, there, you, there you go, doing a mitzvah, even at a demonstration. That's good caring you for know, others. Everybody is helping each other out there. But there are, there, there are other groups that I think, you know, in my personal opinion, are bringing in issues that are not as close to what these demonstrations are meant to be about, right? I am people that are having signs about the occupation, let's say, right? Is Israel, you know, in a in an unfair and, and illegitimate way, wielding power in um Palestinian territories in Judea and Samaria, whatever the semantics. That is an issue that has existed well before, right, this topic of judicial reform. And it's not really related. Now there there's a there's an overlap because both are to some extent left-wing issues although I think people that are that for whom the occupation is front and center and their like big issue that they want to connect to are a little bit further left and this is a more broader cross section of the left um, but you see all of those groups so let me ask you a question. So when this started eight weeks ago, this was about gathering to challenge the coalition's move on judicial reform or judicial overhaul. As the demonstrations continue on and more and more people participate, there are more issues that people want to utilize the space for to get their position across or to promote their cause. So do you think that each week... There are more and more issues coming out, which is what's bringing more and more people out, where still the focal point is on judicial reform, judicial overhaul. I think the focal point is definitely still about judicial reform. Um, the And I mean, this is just anecdotal and my personal guess, but I think that the people who have other causes that they feel really strongly about have kind of came out very quickly and have been at these protests from the beginning. The numbers that are growing are the people um, who are maybe not the most careful followers of politics and took a few weeks, right, to realize, to understand exactly what is this issue? What would it mean to them? Why should they care about it? And do they need to make their 
voice heard in a public way. And I think those are the numbers that are growing. Do you see a response by the coalition or the current government that these protests are empowering them or are they ignoring them? How do you see the impact that the demonstrations are having on these issues that the coalition is putting forth? I don't think that they're ignoring them. We're talking about pretty significant numbers in Israel um, that it would be hard to completely ignore. So far, it seems like the stance that the that the government, that the coalition has taken has been twofold. One, to basically continue with the same agenda they've had from the beginning of, yes, passing bills that they believe are necessary to reform how the judiciary wields its power in Israel, while also offering to engage in conversation with the opposition about you know, how whatever pieces of those laws have yet to be passed ought to look. The problem with this is that the opposition, at least right now, doesn't want to engage in those conversations, perhaps because they do not trust the the government and they don't see the government as um, an honest partner in those negotiations, but more so, and I think unfortunately, the opposition realizes that this could be an an opportunity beyond just quote unquote making sure that sweeping judicial form does not happen, but in fact to to much more significantly impact slash maybe you know um end this current government if the opposition can right if the if the unrest and if the public sentiment grows to the point that a majority of the country does not support this government then and if the if a certain number of members of Knesset can be convinced that what the coalition that they are a part of is not the right direction and they would you know jump ship so to speak then you have a call for elections right that's how it works in this country so so do you, on the you one, don't, yeah, I don't mean to interrupt you, but do you see that the opposition is spending more time trying to lobby the other parties of the coalition to get them to leave the, the current coalition? Or is it so steadfast, stable that that coalition can't be changed? Um, I, It's never so steadfast that it can't be changed, but I, I haven't seen out and out lobbying for that um you know i think the the opposition needs to walk sort of a fine line between recognizing and perhaps capitalizing on this opportunity to destabilize the government that they don't love and looking like they are not taking the opportunity that's there to to have a conversation and to halt a process that you know could significantly change the balance of democracy in Israel and the, i mean the opposition's certainly more politically astute and aware than i am i'm sure they they fully recognize that they it can't look like 
they don't care about the judicial reform and they are only using it to try to end this government. They they need to find the right balance. And, you know, the judicial reform is legitimately super duper important. Um, beyond that, if there are political maneuverings that they want to do, I'm sure they will. They're politicians, right? So they were in the very beginning, the opposition was very much a part of trying to get a dialogue going over this issue. And it appears that they just kind of have gone in a different direction, not necessarily have given up, but have gone in, in a different direction. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair to say right now, the party that's saying that they are not willing to have a conversation is the opposition. Yeah. So as the bills continue to be presented before the, the Knesset, they're, they're passing, you know, pretty party line way 64 to uh, 56. Um, so that doesn't seem to be changing. So all these legislative initiatives that the coalition is putting forth seem to be moving forward and just creating this tension within the country. Do you think that uh, you will continue attending the protests as they, as I believe they'll continue to be going forward. I mean, do you think you'll see yourself continuing to show up and attend? You know, it's one of those things, I think that once you sort of get off your laurels and do it, it would be very hard to not continue. Um, it's It's an important issue. And it's about I mean, it really is about the very basis of having a country that that can function as a democracy. And these are changes that will have huge impact on what multiple generations, right? Our children, our grandchildren. I mean, this isn't a small issue. This is the um, the identity of the country, and I think that. I will. I hope that I will continue to have the opportunity to let my feet participate in the being heard. And you took your daughter with you. What kind of conversations or questions did she ask as you were walking back afterwards to your home? She asked a lot of questions, both before and afterwards. You know, we talked about it throughout the day leading up to going um, because we wanted her to we certainly didn't make her go, right? It was her decision whether to attend. And so there were a lot of questions about, well, what is this about? What does it mean? What are the speakers talking about? Um, I think her, I think it's, it's hard for her to understand you know, when you see so many people at a demonstration you think, well, if these are all the people and all the people don't agree with what's happening, can't they just stop it, right? All these people, you're looking as far as the eye can see, well, they all, you know, they're, they're standing here telling the president, we don't like this, don't do it. Isn't that enough to make sure that it doesn't happen? And of course, that's not exactly how it works. Uh, so those that I think that's kind of, the main thing that we were trying to to talk about and explain. Did you see people from your community? Did you know people that were there? So many. Yes, it was a who's who 
um, our circles. Yeah. So you're you're walking in an environment where your peers and your friends are doing the same thing. Yes, but which is not to say that the crowd was not quite diverse, right? One notices the people that you know, but there were certainly many people there, many more people that I don't know than I do know. I I, I, I can't say that I know hundreds of thousands of Israelis. I am... Um, and and again, you know, I talked, I said that it was very diverse from an age perspective, but it was diverse from many perspectives, right? Religious, not religious. Um, I didn't notice any strong difference in terms of gender, right? Pretty equal representation of men and women. Um, and, and I imagine with not just i imagine one can see to a certain extent based on the the posters and t-shirts that people are are waving around it is a pretty broad spectrum of the left it's really everybody that isn't part of the coalition which is close to right half the country it's just how it works um so that's a it's a pretty diverse crowd well, thank you for reporting back on that experience, and hopefully we'll be able to do more uh, discussion around this. Uh, we are uh, a week or so away from Purim. This is a simple question. Any Pomentashan vendors at the demonstration, people selling baked goods that you could sample? Not Pomentashan vendors, but... Um... Gosh, I won't sing it because I I don't want to torture people. But the uh, so I'm really interested in what are the s- sort of rhyming slogans and chants that get used at these demonstrations. Partly because they're interesting, and also partly because it is a challenge to my Hebrew skills to figure out okay what what are they trying to say and what does a slogan mean. But so one of the things that they've been using is the sort of Purim song that I think people will know, Hakova Sheli Shalosh Pinot, right? My hat has three corners. If it did not have three corners, it would not be my hat. So that Purim song for in the demonstrations has now become my uh, my country has three branches. Three branches has my country. If it did not have three branches, it would not be my country, right? Talking about the the need to have checks and balances between the legislative, executive, and judicial branches. So so that is the Purim theme that one could feel in the singing of this new, I guess, parody, but in a serious way, right, of, uh, of that Purim song. And only in Israel would that come out, right? Only in Israel. <laughs> well, Liz, anything else you want to share before we sign off on this wonderful podcast? Uh, just that we should all keep you know, paying attention, the um, democracies all over the world have had a rough decade. And I guess Israel is no exception. And we should all pay very close attention just to see which which way it goes. And if and when there's more that we need to do. Well, perfect. Thank you for that. And thank you all for listening. This has, has been Israel Rebound, a podcast connecting Uh, issues in Israel to those around the world. And thank you very much, Liz, for today. I was very inspired by you going to and reporting on this demonstration and taking your daughter. So thank you. 
And I we can add a picture and when we post this even. I will I will do my best to do that. Thank you. <laughs> 